Checkmate. Checkmate. Check. This is the Chestnut Checkers podcast. Checkmate. Learn a new mindset to create wealth. We need to be more independent thinkers, man. Passive income. Mathematics is precise. A successful business. Chess moves. And money management strategies. This is Chestnut Checkers. We got a couple of things we're going to talk about today. It's going to be a great strategy Sunday. We got some weed stocks we're going to talk about today because and we're going to say a little continuation on, on what we talked about. We're going to talk a little bit about opportunity costs. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about XRP. We're going to talk about some great plays that, that we all can make over the next few months and, and maybe even a couple of years. So we got some weeds. I don't smoke weed. I live a pretty clean life. I don't smoke nothing. I don't drink alcohol. I'm trying to limit my sugar. I kind of leave, leave a clean life. You know, I was an athlete before and I kind of stuck to that as I got older. Let's get back to talking about these stocks and crypto. Let me bring up my notes here. First, I want to start with a little bit of mindset, right? And I know some people don't want to hear that. People just want to hear the stocks and going about that way. But I don't think I would be doing my job as a as a, somebody that's trying to lead you if I didn't talk about these things because it's so important. I wouldn't feel like I was doing my job if I didn't teach you about all the elements of being rich and making money and being wealthy and successful. So I was talking to James Hill earlier today about black millionaires. He's a 28 years old, a very intelligent, very talented individual. And we were talking about what it takes to be successful, right? And one thing that stood out to me is that we were talking about how it takes to be successful, right? And we were talking about all the things that happened in our life. And we all said, we both said, you know, the pandemic really helped us in many ways, right? And also with the pandemic also, and I was talking about a house that I, I bought in 2012. Now it's worth three times more because I bought it at the bottom of the market. I was talking about different things like that. And it was like, there's no way to predict those things. There's no way to know the market's going to crash. There's no way to know stock's going to, there's no way really to know this stuff. But the key is to be prepared when it happens. And that's the difference. No, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't tell you if, if Biden's going to say something crazy. I can't tell you if Russia's going to invade the United States. Nobody knows for sure. Now, we live on probabilities, but nobody knows for sure. But the key is to be prepared when it happens. Just like in basketball, we was talking about Duncan or whatever. In basketball, I never know if my man's going to overthrow a pass or, or, or miss dribble or throw a pass that's too wide. But I'm always knees bent on my toes, waiting for the opportunity. So when it does happen, when somebody makes a mistake, when the system's off a little bit, I can pound in there and execute and profit. And that's what it's about. That's why it's important to have the proper mindset because we live in a world of randomness. Randomness, ran we don't know what's gonna happen, but the key is to have that mindset already ready so when it happens in front of you, you one, recognize it, because a lot of people won't even recognize the opportunity. And two, execute. One, recognize the opportunity. Because a lot of people won't even, a lot of people that don't have the proper mindset can't even recognize the opportunity right in front of them. They may see it as a negative. They may see it as something else. They may miss it altogether. But when you have the proper mindset, you're ready. You're ready to pounce like a, like a wolf or some kind of fox pounces on his prey, or a lion, right? You're waiting right there. Now the lion don't know which gazelle it's gonna get. 
It's a whole pack of gazelles. He doesn't, a lion doesn't target a particular gazelle. He runs alongside the pack and waits for an opportunity. Waits for one to trip up. Wait for one that's slow. Wait for one that doesn't have the energy. Wait for one that's older. And then he attacks that, that prey and that's the way he chooses his prey. It's not, he don't, he don't say, I'm going to tell me get that gazelle there in the front, the tall one. Then he starts running. No, it doesn't do that. You wait and you, you may run and you don't even know which one you're going to get yet. But your mindset knows that you're going to get one. One's going to slip up. And you're going to have the athleticism, the patience, and the mindset to attack that gazelle and make a great profit, or in this case, a prey. Now, how do we get that mindset? One of the biggest keys of getting that mindset is moving from what we call a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance. That's the number one key in moving your mindset to the one that we're talking about. So many people see the world as scarce. Humanity, in general, is about abundance. There's enough for everybody. Humans were born, we were born into a world. The earth is abundant. It's enough space, enough water, enough food, enough resources for all. But we've been tricked into thinking that things are scarce because that's what keeps the economy going. But the true person who has the proper mindset can see past these mental handcuffs we have on our brain and see the world for what it is. It's truly abundant. And once you have that, and a lot, some of you guys listening, some of you guys have been following me for years. Some of you guys have been listening to my stuff. Some of you guys have had that breakthrough. And now you see the world as abundant. And when you have that one particular mindset shift, it opens the way for everything else, right? And, and this is what I'm talking about here too, is I heard somebody say the other day, you have to be careful, especially when you're younger about the language that you use to describe yourself. Your ears are right next to your mouth. Whenever you speak, you're the first person to hear it. So it affects you more than it affects anybody else. So when you go around saying I'm broke, I ain't got no money. I'm broke, man. I ain't got nothing. Broke is a permanent state. That word, it sounds like I'm telling everybody I'm broke so I can save money, but you're telling people you're broke because you want to save their feelings. You're not thinking about yours. You saying I'm broke, man, so they won't ask you to go to the club or ask you to go to the movies or ask you to borrow some money. You're saying you're broke because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want to get into any kind of conflict. So you say you're broke. But in turn, you help hurting yourself more than anybody else. Because you're the first person to hear those words. And you're the first person to take those words in. You're the first person that's going to realize those words. Something so simple is telling people I'm broke can affect your life more than you ever can imagine. And then you say, well, how am I going to stop people from asking me for money, asking for this, asking for that, doing all this stuff? Well, just change the word. Just say, I don't have it right now. It's not in my budget. You see, those words are a little different. They're not the same as I'm broke. 
You're talking about yourself in a permanent state. I don't have the money right now as a temporary state and it's not you who you are. It's that the situation is not is affecting you right now. Like I say, I don't have the money right now, but I will have it. That's in your brain. You may not say it, but that's how your brain sees that. I can't help you out right now. Right now, I don't have that in my budget right now. It may be in the future when I have this money, but it's not right now. Your mind sees those states as temporary. And now your mindset has changed. You can go out and see the money. I'm broke is a scarcity mindset type of thing to say. I'm in the process, not my priority. The timing is right. I'll come back to you the next opportunity. I'm transitioning. All those are positive statements that make your mindset see the world as abundant. Now, saying I'm broke is going to trick your mind into thinking things are scarce. If you broke, it's a permanent state. You ain't never going to get out of it. So lock down more. Stop spending all your money. Don't even try to go look for a, a, a better job or more opportunities because they're not out there because things are scarce. We're going to talk about Treasury Series I-bonds. We're going to talk about weed stocks. We're going to talk about XRP. And we're going to end talking about a real estate investment trust that I think is going to do well. I want to talk about something very important here because it's about to, the rates are about to get reset. Now, about what, three months ago, we talked about what's called a, a Treasury Series I-bond. And a Treasury a Series I-bond is something that the government puts out. Remember, any investment product that the U.S. government puts out is considered by investors to be no risk. The only risk that the government won't pay you back your money is that the United States falls as a country, which is very unlikely to happen. I'm not saying it can't, but it's very unlikely to happen. So anything in Treasury Series bonds, any kind of Treasury investments, any kind of Treasury securities, all of those are considered to be risk-free. No risk, right? Anytime you invest in the stock market, real estate, whatever, there's risk involved. Now, the lowest risk you possibly can have is investing in the U.S. government. Now, the U.S. government has what's called a Treasury Series I-bond out. It's, right now, it's 9.6% it's return, which is extremely high for these types of bonds. Now, these bonds, the government puts out in order to, as a type of insurance against, as a type of insurance against inflation. The, go the government causes inflation, then they sell you insurance against inflation, right? <laughs> That's a crazy market, man, but... I don't want to go down that path, but but like I said, is that this this treasury bond you could pay you can spend up to ten thousand dollars. You can't put any more. Everybody can do it in the United States, and you get nine point six percent back a year, which that means you're making a thousand a year roughly doing nothing. So and those type of bonds are not subject to state taxes. You got to pay federal tax zone, but if you're in a state like New York, California, to have a state tax, you don't have to pay taxes on those. I believe I'm pretty sure. Right, I may be wrong, but I'm 95% sure. Make sure you check that. So back to what I was saying is that right now, like I said, you can put up to 10,000 and you go to the web, you go to the Treasury website, the US Treasury website, you go in there, you buy the bonds and you get 9% back a year. Now, the thing about it is that the rates reset in November. So you gotta lock it in now. You gotta lock it in now, right? You got into November to do this. November, the rates reset, they'll probably go down a lot after that. So you won't have a 9.6% return. Like now, the average, these bonds trade at like 2, 1, 2% 1, normally. So you're getting like a five times higher return on these bonds right now. So like I said, it's a, it's a great, it's one of the biggest, it's, it's the biggest return you can get on a risk-free investment that's possible. It's risk-free. And you can't get multiple 10K bonds only. You, if you have a, if you're married, you both can get them or you can get them for your, I don't know if you can get them for your kids. I'm not sure about that. But you can get one per person. You, you guys got to look into that. I'm not sure, but I'll look into it. 
you may be able to get it for your kids also, but I'm not sure about that. So I don't want to say anything. So you guys, that may be an option too. So, so like I said, is that it's a, it's a great, and now it's not going to make you rich, but it's a great, great way to keep your money safe and hedge it against inflation. I mean, it's risk-free, right? You're not going to lose your money. You guys always ask for risk-free investment. This is a risk-free investment. The only way you'll lose your money if somebody invades the United States and takes it over or the United States goes bankrupt. I mean, that, that's, that's highly unlikely to happen, right? <laughs> so now I want to talk about the negative sides of buying this bond. And then I want to talk about some weed stocks. Then I want to talk about XRP. So I want to talk about opportunity cost versus you know, opportunity, opportunity lost, opportunity cost, right? So people, this is a risk-free investment, these Series I bonds, right? But what, the, what could happen to us if we put this money in there? And it's always important to think about what could happen, what are the risks involved, what is the, the risk, the investment itself is risk-free, but the $10,000 could have been put somewhere else and made more money. In this case, I don't think so, but it could be, but I like to, people to think about these things because it could, you have to be able to have the ability to think when you make investments, because even though this investment is pretty safe, maybe the next one won't be. Now, there's something called opportunity cost. Anytime you invest a dollar into something, you're losing an opportunity. Because let's say this investment makes 9.6% a year, but the stock market goes up 30% a year. So my loss, my, my opportunity cost is that I had at $10,000 to put in the stock market because it was locked up in a bond. And remember that bond, if you sell it before five years, you got a penalty. It, it, you still get like six and a half percent, but still you get a small penalty. So that money is locked up for a while. You can't sell it for six months at all, right? So the money is locked up. We can't get to it. So that's what's called an opportunity cost. Any investment has that. If I put $20,000 put into my house as a down payment, I, that money is, I still got it because it's in the equity of the house, but it's locked up. I can't get to it. That's what's called opportunity cost. And that's something you have to be constantly aware of because it's possible that these things could hurt you in the long run. In this case, in a recession, with this high interest return, I don't think it's much opportunity cost, but I want people to understand it for what it is. So I want to talk about XRP, and then we're going to talk about investing in marijuana stocks, right? Because as I'm saying, it's a great opportunity in these marijuana stocks. It's a great, these are XRP, I'm going to say it again, because I've been saying it, is one of the biggest one of the biggest opportunities in crypto I've seen in the time I've been in it. I started my crypto journey in 2011. Bitcoin was at around $80 when I first got in. I got my first Ethereum at $12. Now, I think I, think I got it at six, but I got most of it at 12. I got my actually first one at six. But XRP is sitting right in front of you. Whenever as investors, one of the things, and I'm teaching you investment strategies. One of the things that we look for in investing is you want to find something that's artificially too low because of some outside influence. Because the average person will be scared. The average person will run away. The average person is driven by fear. They're so scared they can't take the slightest problem without jumping off the investment. Now we're smarter, we're better. We don't think on emotion, we think on rationality. Because we think like that, we can find opportunities where something, something's price is driven artificially low. And then we buy it when it's low, wait for that artificial 
top to come off and we make our money that way. XRP right now is in a lawsuit with the federal government. The lawsuit is more than likely not gonna be resolved in the government's favor. XRP has more partnerships with more traditional banks, more traditional financial institutions than any other crypto out there. They have more partnerships with countries than any other crypto out there. They're the fastest crypto out there. They have more features than any other crypto out there. Now, I'm, I wasn't a big believer in XRP because they didn't have all the features of a cryptocurrency that I thought. But on the other hand, is I'm not going to turn opportunity down. The Ethereum's, I mean, XRP's true market value is between $6 and $10. It's trading at $0.47 cents now because it's not on the exchanges. That's an artificial variable that's kept it, kept it down. People can't buy it. There's no demand for it. The price is too low. It's easy to look at, easy to figure out. Going well over $10, $20. In the next boom, it goes $30, $40, $50, 2024. It's 47 cents now. The highest it's ever been was like $4 back in 2017, 18. This is an opportunity that I've never seen. Now, I can't tell you what to buy and sell. You got to make the decisions yourself. I'm just giving you the information, telling you what I'm doing. Telling you the opportunities that I see. Now, what can, what's going to cause XRP to go? What's the verdict of the SEC lawsuit? They're talking about doing an IPO after the lawsuit is resolved. Now, they're going to, they, remember, this is the thing about XRPs that is run by a company, a true company. You know, crypto, Bitcoin, most crypto is not done like that. Bitcoin, that's one reason why I didn't like it at first. So Bitcoin doesn't have an owner. There's no company behind it. Ethereum is de completely decentralized. They have a development team behind it, but it's completely, nobody owns it. XRP actually has a company that runs it. Now, this company can do what's called an IPO. They can sell stocks on the stock market like any other company, along with their crypto. Now, when they do this, the crypto is going to be driven to the sky. IPO. It's an IPO. ICO is an initial coin offering. I'm talking about an IPO because XRP is created by a real, true corporation. That corporation can still do an IPO. And they are planning to do it when the lawsuit's over. So you'll be able to buy Ripple Labs stock and you can own XRP. They said as soon as this lawsuit is over. They're doing an IPO. When that happens, XRP is going to the moon. Then we're going to see partnerships with more financial institutions. We're going to see mass adoption. We're going to see a rapid. When they raise that money, that's what IPOs do. They raise money for companies they can put in development and research. Now, all of a sudden, there's going to be rapid expansion in XRP's technology, smart contracts, even further development on the blockchain. It's going to be epic. Now the lawsuit should already be over, but the government is draining. The government don't like to lose battles. So if they can't lose like a spoiled child, they're just gonna drag it out long as they can. So it may be another few months, maybe another year. I can't tell you why, how long it's gonna be. XRP also has a, you know, it's a lot cheaper fee-wise and cost entry wise than any other crypto. But I wanna talk a little bit about marijuana stocks. Investing in marijuana stocks, right? 
Now, like I said, I ain't a person that, I don't smoke marijuana, weed, whatever you call it. I don't, I, always, I just, you know, I just never got into smoking anything. You know, I grew up around a family of smokers. I just didn't, didn't smoke, didn't drink. You know, I never got into any of that. But, but what I do is I see opportunity. I don't think it's bad. I don't think, I think it all should be, it all should be legal. But I just don't do it, right? But on the other hand, is that I'm not going to turn down a good opportunity. Now, we know that there's been a big movement over the last five years of decriminalizing marijuana statewide, and one day it's going to be legal right now. So when the federal government one day does it, it's going to cruise a boom. Because right now, if you technically, even if you're in a state that's legal to, to sell marijuana, you could still go to federal jail. I mean, that's so it's still a little weird right now. So when the federal government finally does uh, lift that ban or lift that crime, it, it's going to boom, right? And like I said, is that a lot of analysts say it's going to grow 25% through 2020, 2030, every year, 25%. We're, we're expecting a huge boom. The demand for cannabis products are growing. And the thing about weed is that it started out as just weed, smoking the weed. Now it's like all the byproducts of weed, the oils, the CBD stuff. There's a ridiculous amount of products that be, can be created from cannabis. And it's gonna, they're going to continue to innovate. And you got to remember, this is the thing I like about it, too, is that that industry is very small right now. And I can tell you right now. And that's why whenever an industry is very small, because it, it's, it's going to it's a huge opportunity for midterm investment. And I'm going to tell you why is because how many of you guys know a nationwide chain of weed stores or weed brands? Mostly it's small, small operations that make the edibles, gummies and all this other stuff. There's no large operations yet because of the legal quagmire that it's in, right? But as soon as it's illegal in three to five years, it's going to explode that market. The big guys are going to come in. A big mover has already come in. And I'm going to tell you what it, what, who it is pretty soon. A huge company has already moved into the cannabis industry hard. And they're going to benefit greatly. And I'm already investing in this company. Now, it's going to be a company you don't expect. You're going to say, what? What is he talking about? But I'm going to use that pick and shuffle strategy to make money on the opposite side of the, the line. So we know that there's a significant room for growth. We know that a lot of companies are small. That means there's a lot of growth. And we know that Armando, tall guy tycoon, likes to use the pick and shuffle strategy. That's how we made so much money on Marin Riot. 20, 30, 50, 100, 200, a million dollars on that. Now, the reason why I'm talking about that is because that was a that was a crypto play, but it was what's called a pick and shovel play. We didn't buy the crypto. We bought the companies that benefited from the crypto. And a lot of times the gains are a lot bigger doing that. Marion Riot are mining companies. They put they they mine Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptos. Now, we understood Bitcoin was going to explode. We didn't buy the Bitcoin because you were only made at the time. Bitcoin was like 10,000. You would have made six, seven, seven times your money. We wanted to make 100 times our money. So we looked for a pick and shovel strategy and we invested in the suppliers or the people who benefit the most on this particular concept exploding. Now, what a pick and shovel strategy is, is that back in the gold rush, 1849 in San Francisco. Now, everybody knows the story of the gold rush. They found some gold in San Francisco. 
Everybody went crazy. The first monitors came in, made out millions of dollars, right? They get on the Telegraph, they put it in the newspapers, all these people making money. The next wave of people was 10 times greater. And they all came to the same mines, tried to make some gold. None of them made no money. Only the first movers made the money. But the smart man, the intelligent man, saw that trend forming. He says the second wave is going to be bigger than the first wave. So I'm going to supply the second wave. I'm not going to try to compete with all those people with picks and shovels. I'm going to supply the shovels. In the second wave, the people who got rich were the suppliers. The people who supplied the pick and shovels to the second wave of people who were looking to buy gold. And that's the pick and shovel strategy. When there's a wave, there's bam, a bunch of people. The second time you sell the tools. There's a company out there that's already doing that. You, you heard of it, but you don't know because their operations have been kind of under the cover. There's a company already doing that with, 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 with the weed industry. So, there's a company out there. I'm going to go ahead and say it because I got another company that's doing the same thing. It's actually two companies that are doing it. One company is Scott's Miracle Grow. I know y'all thinking, man, my grandmother uses that to, to feed her plants. People use that to grow indoor plants at home. You know, it comes in a yellow and green box. Scott's Miracle Grow. They're the largest provider. In the world, in the United States, for guarding and lawn care, lawn care products. But what you may have not known is that they've just, in August, they shifted a ridiculous amount of money into weed and weed products. At the end of the third quarter, they announced that they're going to shift, they're going to strengthen their balance sheet and improve the cash flow to put it into weed. They're not only going to supply the fertilizer to the weed, just like those gold miners did with the gold rush. They're going to supply tools, lights, irrigation systems, all of these things. To the, specifically, it's called Project Springboard. You can do your research on it. And right now, they're the leading supplier of cannabis of any, so any company in the world. They're the biggest, and you would have never known that, they're the biggest ones that supply the weed industry in the world. And they're, they're going to expand their operations. So there's another one. It's a real estate investment trust that I'm looking at right now. So last thing I want to talk about is one more pick and shovel strategy play. Real estate investment trust, R-E-I-T, is a company it, it operates a lot like a stock. So you could buy just like a stock, but what you're buying into, instead of buying into a company that made like Walmart or AT&T or, or like Chipotle, you're buying into a company that only manages real estate, that buys and manages real estate, right? So, and there's different ones. Some only invest in, let's say, trailer parks. Some only invest in data centers. Some only invest... Commercial property. Some only invest in real residential property. Some only invest in vacation homes. There's different ones for different types of situations. But this particular or real estate investment trust invest in tenants who have the authorization to grow weed on the premises. And that's all they do is that they invest in properties for grow houses. 
it's so funny that a lot of this stuff was illegal years ago and a lot of pe good people went down because of it. But now it's becoming a lot more corporate with real estate investment trusts. These invest, big companies invest in it. It's kind of, it's nice in one way, but it's sad in another. <laughs> but I don't want to go down that political path. But it does kind of, with all the lives that were affected by marijuana selling over the last 20, 30 years, it's kind of ironic that they're doing this, right? So, back to what I was saying. Is that uh, this company only invests in buildings for grow houses, right? And then they take that money that they make and they expand and develop the properties for more grow houses, make it more efficient, make it faster, make it cheaper for the tenants and make everything run a lot smoother. So that real estate investment trust is called Power, R-E-I-T. The symbol is P-W, it's Power, R-E-I-T. Thank you for joining today's podcast. I really appreciate your support. If you want more wealth building information, education and tips in stock market, crypto and other assets such as real estate, follow me on Instagram and also on YouTube. This is the same name, Tall Guy Tycoon. That's T-A-L-L-G-U-Y-T-Y-C-O-O-N. The link is also in the description. Also, you can support this podcast by don donations. That link is also in the description. I hope each and every one of you has a great week. And again, thanks for listening.